coming up, we're talking about criticism and complaints in our marriage. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known speaker or author drops by for a visit and shares important insights from the Torah that will make home life better. And this week, my guest is Dr. Lisa Aiken, and we will be talking about criticism and complaints in our marriage. Dr. Aiken has authored and co-authored 11 books, including Guide for the Romantically Perplexed, as well as others on a variety of Jewish topics. She is a psychologist who has worked with individuals and couples for nearly 40 years. And she's also given talks to various audiences in more than 250 cities on six continents. If you are interested in contacting Dr. Aiken to speak in your community or to purchase her books or to find out more about her therapy practice, send your email to Lisa A. Aiken at hotmail.com. That's L I S A A A I K E N at hotmail.com. Welcome, Dr. Lisa Aiken, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you, Heather. You know, for many of us, hearing criticism can be upsetting. And in your book, Guide for the Romantically Perplexed, you write about the importance of measuring our words carefully, especially when we're upset. And more than that, don't criticize at all when you're very angry. I'm just wondering if you could share some of your thoughts about criticism in general and whether there's ever a right time to do it. Sure. First of all, a lot of times people criticize because they feel there's something they want from the other person. And before they focus on what they want, they need to focus on what the other person's able to hear. There are some people that are so defensive that they are receptive to almost no criticism. For people who might be receptive to criticism, the question to ask is, if I tell this to my spouse, um, what will they hear? For example, if I, say to, um, if I say to my spouse, I would like you to pick up your clothes from the floor whenever you get dressed, then that may be no big deal for him. But for somebody else, it may be his mother's voice coming through. Mm -hmm. And all those years that his mother told him to pick up his clothes, he's going to be very upset. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand what different kinds of criticism may mean to the person we're talking to. Mm -hmm. That's for starters. The second thing is that before we criticize, if we're very upset ourselves, all they're going to hear is upset Mm -hmm. and criticism and nothing else. Mm And so we need to calm ourselves down by thinking about positive things that we care about in the other person, uh, things we love about the other person. And when we're calm, the first thing we need to do is to preface any criticism with something positive, a compliment. Mm -hmm. Now, before we go to the criticism part, we need to ask ourselves, what will the person do if I say what I would like to say? Mm -hmm. If the answer is not something positive, then the guide rule is don't say it. So then we have to ask about timing. Um, We have an expression in the 12-step programs, check your halt. Don't be too hungry, don't be too angry, don't be too lonely, and don't be too tired. So when the husband comes in from a hard day of work at the door, that's not the time to start bombarding him with criticism. And many women love to take the opportunity when the two heads are on the pillow at night, she's got a captive audience, and that's when she decides to start remaking her husband. So the time is when he's had something to eat, he's not hungry, he's Mm -hmm. not too tired. Mm -hmm. And when you've had some nice conversation for a little bit of time and it's not just coming as a barrage out of the blue, that might be a time when you can 
say mm -hmm. a specific mm -hmm. criticism of a specific behavior and how you'd like it changed okay. after preceding it with a compliment. You know, I'm glad that you bring up the walking in the door at the end of the day because it's um, it's almost joked about in in, um, in popular culture because it's so common that when one partner walks in at the end of the day, the other one is like, it's just, it's that criticism exactly. Where were you? I've been waiting for so long. Uh, I needed your help or whatever it is. So what is the right time for that very, very common kind of criticism the moment one walks in the door? I understand the part about letting someone have something to eat and and so on and to relax. But uh, So I think that if we thought of ourselves as the person walking in the door, we would not want to be barraged with <laughs> upset when we walk in either. Um, I think that if people have a chance to sit down and have nice conversation for 10 or 15 minutes, then there might be a place for the criticism part. Mm -hmm. I also want to speak for a moment about complaints. Yeah. When women complain, which is usually the way it goes, it's not so much men complaining about the other side, mm -hmm. um, usually a person has a desire. Every complaint has a desire underneath. Mm -hmm. If we can learn to speak positively about that desire instead of negatively with the complaint, we're much more likely to get a listening ear and we're much more likely to get the kinds of results that we're looking for. Okay. Can you give an example of that to concretize that? You never come home on time. Okay. I've been waiting here for half an hour and dinner's getting cold and how come you never make it to dinner on time? Uh, that would be a complaint, obviously. <laughs> the desire would be, I missed you. I was so looking forward to seeing you today, and it was hard for me to wait an extra half an hour till you came home because I wanted to see you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. Well, that would definitely turn things around a lot. Okay. Um, you also uh, talk in your work about um, criticizing a specific behavior and say how you want it changed. So your advice uh, to the, your readers is to be constructive and brief. Right. No husband wants to hear war and peace. <laughs> so when a woman never forgets anything her husband did that was wrong ever, ever, um, then the answer to that is if you keep reminding somebody of all the things they did wrong, they can't fix them. So when we focus on something that A, is fixable, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. B, is doable, and C, we, we give an alternative of what we're looking for, then men especially find that very helpful because there's something very detail-oriented that they can, and a problem that they can fix, which is what men like to do. To if we give, you're just like your father, you've been doing this for the last 12 years, you know, I've seen you do this over and over again, it turns men off before you even get to the punchline. And so when we're criticizing, if we can do real problem solving, which is to focus on what the real issue is, don't bring in anything extraneous, and give a solution. That's mm -hmm. your best chance mm -hmm. of getting success. Okay. Um, sometimes there's a tendency in relationships that once a person is off and running with complaint number one, then comes the and another thing, right? Which leads to and another thing. So you've written about and spoken about the idea of don't criticize too much at once. You know, yes, choose your battles, but don't don't criticize too much at once. Don't lay it on. Yeah, thank you for putting that out there for our listeners because that's so important. Many times people feel like, okay, I scored with this one. Now I'm going to try to score with the next five things I've been holding on to for the last six weeks. Right. And the truth is, there's an expression in the Talmud, tafasta maruba lo tafasta. When you grab too much, you lose everything. Mm, wow. And so, you know, imagine picking up a whole 
a series of boxes of gifts. They're wonderful gifts, and you want each one, but if you pick up too many, they all go scattering and flying onto right, the floor. Right. And, and those when, are gifts. And those, those are gifts. Right. And when it comes to the criticism, when we pick up too much at once and we barrage somebody else with all of that, mm -hmm. then they just turn off, and we've lost everything that we tried to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to end with one, with one thing that uh, is very puzzling to a lot of people and very frustrating, is uh, we are often advised don't criticize what a partner cannot change, cannot change. And sometimes this can be su such a sticking point in a marriage. He's always late or she's always late or maybe there's hygiene issues or I don't know, uh, uh, any number of things, but w the partner just can't change this area. So how do we overcome that? I think there's sometimes when we say that the partner could change, but just doesn't want to mm, change. Mm. And that's really where the problem lies, that it's hard for us sometimes to see that, yeah, it may be possible for, you know, this person to learn trigonometry, but it's going to take every, <laughs> every energy that they have for the next 10 years to do that. And it's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So let's put our energy into something that is much more doable. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's say a person uh, would like someone to be on time and he's always, always late. So we might say, you know, I'm never going to ask you to be on time. But this particular situation, it's really important to me that you do everything possible to get mm. to your daughter's wedding on time. Oh, gosh. And so right. let's work backwards. You know, if the woman can work backwards with the husband and think about the time, you know, what is this going to look like? And then you're going to get interrupted by a phone call, and then you're going to have a problem finding your way, you know, through the traffic jam. And if she gives him a concrete way on a very, very limited basis to do something, it may be something doable. But what is perhaps obvious to one partner is not always obvious to the other. How do you go from point A to point B mm -hmm. if it's not broken down step by step right. with doable pieces, right. it's right. not going to happen. And I also love that piece at the beginning where you say, you know, I'm never going to ask you to do whatever, the impossible, right? So that's also lovely to acknowledge that. And that also, I think, relaxes the partner too. Wow. I really appreciate uh, taking the time to give us all these great insights and information, Dr. Lisa Aiken. Thank you, Heather. And, uh, you know, these ideas are just a small taste of the huge amount of helpful and practical ideas that you'll read in Dr. Lisa Aiken's book, Guide for the Romantically Perplexed. And there's also many articles and audio classes about Jewish marriage in general on H.com. Just look for the marriage section on the homepage. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.